really, really hard, and they execute the system, and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. He's big big trust. trust. Big, big trust. trust. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me The Jumbo Set Podcast is back for Wednesday, my dudes, November 29th. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined on my screen by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. How are we doing there, sir? Doing well. Bye week. Time to get a little diagnostic in. What can the Ravens fix this season? What can't they fix? And the things that they can't fix, how can they survive? A pretty tough stretch of games coming up. After a long rest, the Ravens go from playing three games in 11 days to playing one game in, I think, 21 days, something like that. So a lot of time, time on the favor of the Ravens and time to lick some wounds, heal up, and go make that playoff push. Uh, really go make that one seed push, a position that the Ravens have been in the last couple of years. How'd that work out? Nine and three, what is this, like the third time in a row or something, some, somewhere along those lines, and missed the playoff one, playoffs once. I guess they weren't nine and three because they finished eight and nine. Um, but been somewhere around, I think they were eight and three, right, and then lost out. Yeah. They were nine and two maybe the year before that or last year. I don't know. I don't know. They've, they've had a lot of wins. They've been in this position. It's literally impossible to even look up. It's so hard to look that up. I, I don't who, what what type of website could we devise to be able to search for something like that? That would be a million dollar idea, maybe even billion. But they've been in that position and flunked out. A lot of that has to do with Lamar Jackson injuries. A lot of that has to do with injuries in general. And the Ravens have had some nicks and some bruises and some cuts. They do lose Mark Andrews, but time to rally the troops and figure out how to continue and finish and all of those things that we've heard for the last couple of years, finish, finish, finish the game, finish the season, finish in the playoffs, all of those. So I think it comes at an interesting time. And usually we kind of dick around a little bit for the first couple minutes of this show, but um, that just kind of flew off the tongue there, but it's chilly here. It's freezing cold. I was going to say, is, you, want, you want to dick around? You want to get silly? Yeah, we can dick around. Uh, it's fake. It's fake winter in Baltimore. Fake winter is upon us. It's not, we've already had third summer. So uh, we had fall, our two week long fall period, right through the holidays there. It was that 50, 55, and now it's fake winter. So I'm sure it'll be 70 at some point here in the next two weeks. I haven't checked on the old weather, but again, that would be impossible to check. But Burr, it's cold out here. There must be some pressure in the atmosphere. Yeah, I saw so I, I saw like 50 or something for this coming weekend with some rain. So obviously that's going to put a damper on it, uh, literally. But uh, yeah, first real cold day of the year was my tweet, and I think it was an apt one. I, I stepped outside a couple different times for a variety of reasons, and it just it, it didn't feel worth it any time. It was below 40 is generally where, you know, when it starts to get into the 30s, especially low 30s, getting to that freezing area with wing chill, that is when I start to really feel it. So the old weather.com has us here. We love talking about the weather. We, yeah, we, were, just, we were just Hank Hill and the boys just out by the out by the fence. Yep. Oh, yeah. But weather here in Baltimore, high, I see from now through December 12th is 56, excuse me, 58 on the 9th, low 32, which will be tomorrow night and then should be hovering 
lows in the the upper and upper 30s and low 40s there. So I know that you're coming second fall. I know that this is fake winter. You can't trick me, but looks like a little bit of winter coming in. A little bit of winter coming in. What's the bye uh, week plan for you with, with the uh, with the second fall coming up? Bye week plan. Holidays just came through, so I've really been trying to get into the gym grind, lift, and I've been on a program where my buddy wanted to balk. I, I talked about that on Twitter a little bit, but buddy wanted to balk, so I'm balking. I'm, I'm up into the 250s again pretty quick there. Jeez. I am balk. It's, it's, easy, it's easy for me to pack on the pounds, pack on the meat there. Uh, I am balk. I usually don't ever balk. I usually always try and keep weight low, especially when I'm working out, but fun little thing to do in the winter. Quickly, uh, the belly got thick. I'm getting pretty strong there, and I feel good doing my yoga still, still lifting heavy, doing yoga, but should be fun to cut going into 2024. And, man, really no plans. I, I might go dick around on Sunday with uh, some of my friends who are Eagles fans and watch that game, 49ers-Eagles. Nothing crazy going on this week. How about you? Yeah, nothing crazy either. I think I might just keep it low-key, man. It's been a fucking crazy couple weeks. I was just thinking about that. I think I drank, like, 11 of the last like 14 days prior to like this Monday, this past Monday. And I think I, I might just shut it down for this weekend. Maybe try to swing the sticks if the weather permits. But uh, yeah, I think I just need like a, a nice low key, not out of the country, not holiday catch on, catch up on some work this week. And then just, you know, get a fire going this weekend and just chill out and just relax a little bit. It's, it's needed. And the, the bye week coming at the perfect time for that too. Nice time to detox, headed into the holidays and all that, and then the freezing cold winter months when there's really nothing to do but drink and fuck around. So good time for it. I'm, I'm in that same boat. I'm not uh, trying to go too crazy here. I had, a, I had a pretty hefty stretch there with all those home games and can just feel that wearing on you. You can feel the wrinkles start to settle in a little bit. Listen, it's it's a season for us too. You know, we might not, it might not be the same physical strenuousness. It might not, we not, might have to be, you know, taking in a playbook and remembering all that kind of stuff, but it's it's, you know, not easy on our end we got and we did uh we, we did over the last week i'd say our, our efforts on social media and stuff probably took a little bit of a, a relaxation so it's nice to be able to recharge those batteries and get ready to uh to fire up the old fingers onto the keyboards down the stretch as content will really start to pop off i mean this stretch of games coming up is going to be absurd so i think ravens fans excited to have that little holiday break i'm sure the ravens themselves are Rams, who with Kyron Williams are a good offense, with Kyron without Kyron Williams have been horrible. Their DVOA with him is like top three in the league offensively. Without and who, him, was, who was saying the Ravens should have drafted him? This guy. Oh, so, Jake, like someone from Notre Dame, shocking. Yeah, um, it was in years Hamilton. I th I'm pretty sure they had the, the little sweatshirts they were doing together. Oh yeah, Hamcat. So <laughs> then Jaguars, Jaguars, as I like to say, prime time Sunday night game, I believe also. Then prime time again, 49ers back to back road games of Jaguars and Niners. Taylor mentioned Dolphins getting flexed too. That that definitely seems like a possibility. That has to be. The those teams should still be in contention for at least the one seed. Well, I mean, not at least, at least I would think the two seed probably, if not the one seed at that point. Um, the Ravens genuinely do have one of the toughest strengths of schedules in terms of win loss, in terms of DVOA, all that stuff. I think that's why DVOA is still so high on them and has been consistently because Texans, Bengals with Joe Burrow, Colts who are no slouches, Browns without Deshaun Watson, that one can take a little loss. Steelers are pretty high in DVOA. Titans aren't outstanding, but they're not some, you know, the bottom dweller necessarily this year. Lions, 
Uh, it was a tough one there. Smoked them. Cardinals, tough game. Feisty team, but they kind of stink. Seahawks throttled them. Browns again. Bengals again. Chargers. And then finally this tough stretch. So we're getting into that, that vaunting quarterback, good quarterback play stretch, which I'll throw Deshaun Watson in there. He played well. He looked like himself. Then you get Burrow, survive him. Justin Herbert, survive him. Matt Stafford, no slouch himself. Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, Tua Togueloa. And finally, arguably this year's MVP, one Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, that's – we got to do a tailgate for that game. Somebody somebody uh, broke that idea with me in the DMs. I want to do a tailgate. I'm horny for a tailgate. I missed out on the one. You did miss out on the one. We only have three more chances. I'll probably go to the – I think it might be sold out by now, but I was going to go to the Jimmy's for uh, the Rams game, but I think it might be sold out. Well, I and Dolphins not, and Steelers definitely will be tailgating for the Dolphins game and, and likely the Steelers game too there. Too, so. bad, too bad we're not sponsored by Jimmy's or anything. Yeah, too bad. Would be a shame if if our sponsor, uh, we could get into the tailgate there. That would be such a shame. John, so hang our line, please. A lot of, lot, of, lot of big big moves coming forward. And I guess to, to kick back 30,000 foot overview, you know, Chargers game to me, I, I didn't finish the film. My source of film never uploads Sunday night games. This is like, a good one to go back over. I think we were all pretty fired up on Sunday night. It, it it is, and unfortunately, my source for film, I'm I'm too much of a snob. I got halfway through on NFL Plus. I hate it. It's the fucking worst, man. It's the it, worst. Not being able to rewind or stop, and then the, the Kurt when you pause it, the screen grays for ten seconds. All of it's just <sighs> dear God. And they made it even more except like everything looks better except for once you start playing the tape. Everything feels better, looks better except for that. Just keep raising that price too. Every fucking year, they just you know gouging the consumer. And you know. I actually just signed up for it this week, Black Friday, because I wanted to have Red Zone on my phone. Even though I usually Stream East was being a little funky, so I uh, popped on to uh, the actual Red Zone there. That is good. You could just do like the five dollar a month one, um, and just yeah. always yeah. I, I've taken advantage of that. I think once this year, so for sure. So as I'm going back through here, I mean, it's just the things that stood out. I guess to kind of just do. Well, we can do a mega culpa after this of maybe season long take so far things we thought and uh, moving forward, but they just the the buzzword pass concepts. I, I just don't know where Lamar Jackson's supposed to go with the ball. I think that's a theme in the NFL in general. I think the Tom Brady comments we've talked about that the quality of play is down. I think that's a theme throughout the NFL. Like, I think that's happening to the Chiefs. I think that's happening to the Bills. I think it's happening to a lot of teams. There's nobody ready for the ball. I, I there was a there was a play in the red zone, and it might even be on the Ravens scoring drive. Um, I think it actually was. No, it was a field goal. It was, I think it was the first field goal they kicked, maybe to make it 10-3. I just don't know where the hell Lamar Jackson is supposed to be going with the ball. It didn't feel like there was a scramble built in. It was Rashad Bateman to the right in a tight split. I think it was Zay Flowers to the left who ends up working open. He hit this weird like step back at the top of his route, and the DB was like, what? And then he just launched forward. That was too late developing. Bateman's route was too late developing. Isaiah likely, I think, was into the left and runs up the seam. He's double-covered. Lamar hits the top of this drop, and there's just nobody looking for the ball. There's nowhere to go with the ball, and it just – that happened quite a bit. And to be honest, it felt like a major reason they won this game was because of Odell Beckham's efforts on their touchdown drive. Just hitting a couple quick slants, being ready for the football, 
making a couple plays, getting a couple first downs. Like he, he got him some chunk yardage there. And then they putts around a little bit and, and can go punch it in with Zay Flowers and a little play action there. Uh, Flowers is a nice, nice route there and everything, but it's just so much. We we had that whole Kurt Warner dialogue earlier in the year, and there's times where it looks good. There's times where it doesn't. I just – I don't know, man. I I just have a feeling it's not going to get better. I just – it's it's fine. Like their pass offense is fine. Lamar makes plays himself. He buys time. They dink and dunk a little bit. He'll take a couple shots a game. No one's really taking shots around the league right now. Like I'd say CJ Stroud is probably the one guy I can think of that is just airmailing the ball nonstop and like kind of having some success there consistently throughout this season. Um, other than that, like who who is having success in that Joe Burrow thing? I got in somebody on Twitter was like, well, I it's basically saying no one's taking deep shots this year. And someone's like, well, I guess you haven't seen a Bengals game. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow pushed the ball over 20 yards five times over four games. Like, no one's throwing deep. It's gotten to that point. And I don't think you have to necessarily. Teams are letting you throw over the middle of the field, those things. And there's just, I, I guess to get into it a little bit, like Zay Flowers had a nice game. You look, And to speak of the Texans and CJ Stroud, you look at Tank Dell. He's running so many 45-degree through 90-degree even deeper than that, breaking routes, deep, deep outs, deep posts, deep comebacks, smash routes, all these deep, deep, deep routes that are reliant on him, similarly to Flowers, two guys that are similarly built, being able to so smoothly get out of their in and out of their break and create that separation. And you just want to see the ball go there a little bit more. That's That's something I'm looking for. I didn't see enough of in this game. Flowers does run deep routes. He gets targeted on one. It was kind of tightly contested. The ball came out a little late, but uh, just, it's just it's just the it's just not the timing. It's just not the timing. It's not smooth and it's not congruent and it's just not there. It wasn't there against the Chargers. Uh, they run the ball a little bit. Keaton Mitchell looked really good. You know, Gus Edwards doesn't get a ton of usage. Some weird stuff there, but I just don't get the plan fully still. And I thought that I would at this point. But they're good enough, and they run the ball well enough, and they play defense well enough to be where they are. And I think the Chargers game was a real swing of the Chargers who, when we did the preview right before the game, it was like, they're going to have to throw everything at you. This is basically their season. They're four and seven now. In a they're third in their division. The AFC has how many six, seven win teams? I don't know, eight. And or like 10 that are eight, six wins and better. Um, and they did. Khalil Mack had a day. All those things, but it's just I, don't, I just I just don't get what they're trying to do. Really, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and uh, like I don't want to. I don't think you blame it on Lamar. I don't know that it's even Munkin. I just I don't know. Look for the fucking football. Like somebody turn their head and look back for the ball. No one is. None. Nobody's looking for the ball. And it's not these deep concepts. I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Other than that. I mean, yeah, the one uh, one deep shot to Flowers late there where Lamar gets rushed, he kind of you know pops one up, and it was it definitely would have been a really tough catch. But if Flowers gets his head around, maybe lays out for it a little bit, he can make a play on that. We've seen him do that. We saw him do it in that first Bengals game. I mean, they're they're definitely you know it does feel like something is a little bit out of sync right now. To your point, the deep ball stuff, I don't even care because like I said, nobody's throwing the deep ball. Like a couple I almost teams. wonder about that. Like I almost wonder if they're like deep deep analytics guys that we're going to hear about in a year or two that have like mapped that out as almost like okay you know 
the game is changing or, you know, it went to that way, kind of like how baseball went to the home run. And then this year we saw the changes and it was like, all right, well, small ball is actually more efficient. It almost kind of makes me wonder, like, if you throw the deep ball, I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's big hipper, you know, not a huge volume percentage, but if you hit one, it's big. But, you know, if, if you don't and more often than not, you're not going to, you know, it, it's just not a not a high value proposition. So maybe they're they're just kind of mapping things out and you're talking about the Ravens doing that. You're talking about the Eagles doing that very analytically minded organizations. I almost wonder if like those conversations, conversations are being had, like, let's just go middle of the field. Let's keep the ball in play. Let's dink and dunk and play the chess game. a la Joe Montana 40 years ago. And that that's what I, th but that's where I'm confused. They're not throwing that many deep balls. Really, Like they're, they're, you know, Lamar's like 10th or 11th or 12th and like over 20 yards, but it's just, Where's the backside digs? Where's the flood concepts? Where's the the 10 to 20 defined stuff? And sure, some of that was Mark Andrews, but it's like that was just part, I don't know. I don't know, it's just like option stuff. I don't I don't know. They're not attacking the way they did in I, I want to say like 2020 the which was the year they played the Bills if I'm not mistaken in the playoffs 2020 2021. That year was a lot of like backside digs, a lot of really attacking that void. And you even saw it again in the playoffs against the Bills. It was a super windy game, but Marquise Brown got the hit on like three of those kind of dagger, backside digs, things like that, um, timing over that area of the field. And it feels like defenses are giving that up more so, but the Ravens aren't quite taking it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't think this was a super strong game from Bateman. He did have a nice catch and stuff. He felt a little – they just got. it felt like he just got a little sloppy at the top of his routes, wasn't quite as efficient as he had been in a couple weeks. Uh, Odell obviously comes out early. Aguilar, the ball didn't go his way. And I honestly haven't gotten that deep into the second half yet. I think I'm still like halfway through the third quarter, but I just don't know what, 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 what the primary read is supposed to be so often. And it's not like the chargers did anything that was like unique or different from some of the opponents they've seen earlier this year. They were pretty sound defensively. Their front kicked ass. And that's the other aspect of it on top. And I guess what I'm somewhat concerned about, and maybe this team does get a rest, but Ravens offensive line is just, it's just, they have a couple good days here and there. Like they played well against the Lions and the Seahawks and that stretch. They're just, eh, just an eh group. They're up and down. And, and you know, it's not, not even anything to do with Stanley. It's just, I don't see the effort. I don't see the tenacity. I don't see the, the oomph, the desire, the will the last couple of weeks and, and maybe the buy cures that. And that's what you hope for. Uh, Morgan Moses has been hurt as well, which I think went under the radar and he has a pretty bad pec injury from the sound of it that he's playing through. They were just kind of standing and watching all night and getting whooped in the run game a little bit, like some stuff they got going, but a lot of it was like when they're in shotgun and Lamar was a factor in the run game, which helps. But when it was not cut in time, I, I didn't see them really, uh, making plays. And that's why I think you started to see Munkin shift into the Duvernay jet sweep and the Zay flowers one late because it was like, well, I got stuffed when I tried to run wildcat Gus Edwards on their next one, pretty much got stuffed and then rolled through contact, barely got that conversion. So I think it was kind of like that 2020 season where it was like, well, Ronnie Stanley's Ronnie Stanley's playing like an average, like he's playing like average football at best. So it's like, all right, the offensive line's not great. And we saw the Ravens go into that whole horizontal run game out of shotgun with the jet motions because of that. And I'm worried because I'm seeing that happen again. But it's even more worrying because you have all five of your starters to begin the season playing. And I know Ronnie Stanley just came back and things like that. But 
Yeah, I think that's, they were also that's my concern moving forward. I think they got demoralized once Khalil they started to understand what was going on on defense for the Chargers and Khalil Mack started putting those guys into, you know, multicolored clown suits. Uh and I think that in turn affects Lamar. Um, you talked about that uh touchdown drive where he's, you know, doing the little arm angle things, the RPOs going to Beckham, uh just, you know, looking impro- improvisational but also decisive decisive at the same time. And just a cascading effect of shit rolling downhill where the offensive line starts to get out of a rhythm they start to lose confidence it happens to jackson and they just completely collapse for you know the two quarters in the the middle of the sandwich of the game there and yeah man it's just like to me i think they can play better than this for sure we've seen it happen throughout this season you mentioned the injuries these these guys do need to get healthy i i don't know that we're ever going to get elite football out of ronnie stanley again but he can maybe get back to decent I, I think Morgan Moses is decent on a good day. He can probably get back to that. But yeah, man, I, I, I honestly do think this break is going to help. Like even I was starting to think like when that game came around, I was like, fuck man, like Sunday night football again. Like we're, you know, they just had a primetime game. I know they had a little bit of a long layoff after that, but it's like another primetime game. We just, we haven't gotten a break here. Like it, they didn't have to travel across the country too. Yeah. I mean, the, and like it, it all just kind of factors in. And I think, um, you get back home, you play against a, a Rams team that I think is beatable after a week off. And if you don't look good, if you look as bad as you did throughout much of this game, I definitely think it's going to warrant more of a conversation. But I do think that they, a, this week off that they're going to get, that, Jen, that uh, Harbaugh gave them, uh, hopefully those guys rest the fuck up and you know get in, get in the ice bath and just chill out and give themselves a, a nice, nice just rest here because they are absolutely going to need it against some of these defensive fronts that they got to face and then God willing in the playoffs as well. Definitely. And so they'll come, they'll be in Baltimore for a couple weeks. They'll all be at home. I'm sure some guys will travel for fun, whatever. Florida. Lamar stayed out in California hanging with Snoop Dogg. So, oh, yeah. Definitely no weed smoked in that uh, recording booth. No, definitely not. Not at all. Uh, Two Snoops and one doghouse there out in that studio. Yeah. You you can see Snoop Huntley hanging out in the back. Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore, Florida. They do have to travel out west, and then they get to stay on the East Coast. So really just that 49ers game. And the good thing about that 49ers game, too, and that's going to be exciting, and it's Christmas, and it's Christmas night. It's another back-to-back primetime game where you are on the road two weeks in a row. So that's pretty tough. That's a tough ask. But it's an NFC opponent. If you're going to pick a game to lose, that's the one. The Ravens need to, if they want to be able to make a rush to the one seed, they're behind the eight ball. I think they're six and three against the AFC. Uh, can't really afford more than one more AFC loss. I think the Chiefs have a really good record against the AFC, uh, and a couple other teams do too. So, 49ers game might be one where you can kind of like, it's all right if you don't take that one home. If, if you had to pick a game to lose, I think that's the one there because of those reasons. So, uh, the look ahead in that department. And in terms of what can you do, I mean, what can you do to fix the offensive line to help the offensive line? Pat Ricard gets involved. I do think, and it was funny because the Sunday night game, Ravens Chargers, last night's Monday night game was Bears Vikings. And we see Justin Fields run what Tyson Badgett had been running. I just know you were super dialed into this game. Oh, I was. I had, I had some big bets on that game. Uh, DJ Moore, longest reception, which hit with 25 seconds left. Just breaking that Fields tape down. Just never going to oh, give up. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, can't wait to see him on the Falcons next year. That'll be outstanding. But. It was that same kind of deal, and it, the Bears were just like, "All right, we're just going to fire the ball underneath. We're not going to turn the football over, uh, and we're going to, you know, play to our defense." And same kind of deal. The Ravens are just a better, more well-run version of that. Definitely more talented. 
Um, so I, I feel like I feel like this is just going to be an ugly stretch of games. I feel like it's going to be ugly. It's going to be close. It's going to be a lot of quick passing. Um, Isaiah likely, I thought, was a huge bright spot on tape again. Not that Mark Andrews is like a slouch after the catch. It just feels like the shiftiness of likely and the ability to get vertical as opposed to like the big, big, big boy ramming around like running full speed and he's not that fast. He's fast, but he's not that fast. Likely is like a actual receiver ball carrier in the open field, which I think him getting more touches as that smooth and fluid with the ball in his hands too than Andrews. Sometimes I feel like Andrews is just like huffing and puffing and like he's still fast and everything. He, he, we've seen him outrun a defense a time or two, but I don't know. It just feels like likely he's kind of that shooting guard that kind of, you know, he, he's got the smooth moves. I he's think a wing. Andrews, he's like a wing as opposed to a power forward. Yeah, exactly. I put this in our group chat. Like he's just a, a, a little more like, yeah, it just feels a little more natural, um, you know, and there, the ball security is a little weird. The kind of like tumbling head over heels after, uh, try, you know, going for the sticks, even when he's not even close to them. It's like we can calm down with some of that stuff. But yeah, it's it's different. He, he doesn't play above the rim nearly as well as Andrews. I don't think we haven't really seen him try it, but um, I don't and I might be mistaken. I don't think that was really a huge part of his game in college necessarily. Coastal Carolina would target him deep a lot. And that's what I'm curious about. I want to see him. What I remember. Some- yeah, he looked like a big slot. Yeah, yeah he he showed some deep tracking ability pretty solidly from uh, good old Grayson McCall down there in uh, Myrtle Beach. So we'd like to see him expand later in the year into maybe some deeper targets, some deeper concepts, some things where he can go run a ball down overhead because uh, he can move. He can scoot. And and yeah, I thought that was a nice element. The screen, that, the couple screens they threw to him, the couple of just little safety valves, and he can go pick up a lot of yards after the catch. And if he can hold on to the football, uh, I think that adds a nice element to this offense. He can help out and pass pro a little bit. It doesn't limit the receivers and gives them more space to operate. He just leaks out. And it's a little more that that's, that's again, the other side of the coin of Andrew's injury. It's like, we don't want Andrew's chipping that much. You want him being a focal point because he is the focal point. So I think that can free up some things, but um, I don't know. It, it really is just the Zay flowers usage. I just need more. I just think that, that really is the key. I think he is the guy. I think he is the, the needs to be the focal point of, Hey, we got to have it. We need it. We need to move the ball. Let's go have him run an NFL route and let's go have him work at the top of the route. Um, and that can be in motion. You can do that out of motion. That's what Tyreek Hill does. We have Tyreek Hill going off about Zay flowers. He's the real deal. He's working with Keith Williams, who Tyreek Hill worked with. He has Greg Lewis who Tyreek Hill worked with. So you see that plan there. Um, and that's just what I want to see this offense develop a little bit more. And I guess the, the last thing from this game is just Keaton Mitchell is just a, his feet are quick, quick, clean running back definition of running back teach tape. So often he can glide and find that gap. The more modern runner where he can just shuffle laterally. So quick, stay square, stay square, ride, and then hit. Uh, so he looks a lot of fun, a lot, just technically sound as a runner. Uh, and I guess to maybe go into a little bit of a mega culpa, like my big question on him was in the preseason was like, I didn't see him run strong between the tackles and he's shown contact balance and stuff. We still haven't really seen him like push a pile of defensive linemen and I don't expect him to at his size. But my question was, can he bounce like that against starters? And that's a stupid question because they're NFL players in the preseason still like it's NFL speed. It's guys that ran four fives, four fours, four threes. Like it's still the NFL. 
So speed is not going to change from preseason to regular season. He is that fast. He can do those things. And I'm just very pleasantly surprised with how the ball care, like his ball security, his combination of footwork and technique and vision and all of those things. So major, major, major factor coming out of this bye week. It feels like they've wanted to get him involved as a receiver and he just jettisoned for a first down one of the times. Uh, a couple couple of nice little catches and runs and things like that. He just really attacks the sticks in those situations. But I think this bye week is a huge opportunity to get him really involved in the pass game. Really, really, really have Likely and Mitchell as those quick underneath effective runners after the catch. That can alleviate some of the Zay Flowers necessity in that and go have him run NFL routes a little bit more so. Have Odell Beckham keep working in the middle of the field like he has been. Um, and one thing I did want to mention about Odell Beckham, I feel like he is, uh, this is, and you know I hate to say this stuff, but and they did take him out, and maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe they shot his arm up and it wore, wore off or something. I just don't know. If your shoulder injury is that bad, how can you raise your arm? I don't know. We see Marcus Williams, the one-armed man. I was going to say, you know, maybe he could uh, talk to his teammate there a little bit and see, uh, see get him some, some tips on how, how to live with this condition. I believe Odell's words where it's like the most painful shoulder injury you can have. It's kind of like when LeBron said his hand was pretty much broken, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they do take him out of the game, so I'm probably just an idiot and a jerk. But it's like, you looked fine. You looked fine for a little bit. They do take him out, though. So um, very excited to see what he can do. Just genuinely so impressed by this. I mean, and and got to give the guy credit. He's on a one-year deal. Um, got a big deal. Like there's a lot of guaranteed money in that deal and it would be easy for him to be like, yeah, I don't feel like playing. Uh, yeah, well, that's that. I was saying this on, on Kevin's show. It's like for all the star fucking and like how much he's a celebrity and all this kind of stuff. Like the guy loves football, like, and he's playing on a good team, obviously. And you have a chance to really go for a ring here and uh, hopefully play in the full game. If he does get to the Super Bowl, uh, which he didn't get to do last time, I know he scored a touchdown, but I, I'm sure there's some lingering, uh, annoyance at the fact that he couldn't finish that game out but he you know he got the ring he's got the he's got the catch he has become one of the biggest celebrities on earth probably like it, it, he transcends sports in, in a way that a lot of nfl guys really aren't able to for a variety of reasons very much like a soccer player yeah exactly and he didn't have to he didn't have to come to baltimore maryland we talked about this over a year ago when like his name was starting to come up in these discussions when they were talking about maybe signing him throughout the uh like second half of last year I was like, there's no fucking way he's going to want to come to Baltimore. He wants to go to Dallas or he wants to go back to New York or he wants to go to L.A. And he wants to get seen walking in and out of the steakhouses and he wants to go to the club. But no, man, he's he's got his son and he's here and he's in this family environment. And he's embracing this leadership role with Bateman and Flowers. And, you know, it's it's a really a nice second act for a guy who, you know, I, I never really had a problem with him. I, I was always a big fan, but. You know, a lot of people question his antics and they question his uh, work ethic and they question his love for the sport. And like, you know, who do you really want to be? Do you want to be a celebrity or do you want to be a wide receiver? And I think he's uh, at the very least right now, I think he's showing that he all he wants to do is just be the latter. And he's uh, he's doing about the best version of himself as he could be after all the injuries and all the bullshit that has happened in his career. Wants to be there for sure. Wants to play. And, and sure, some of that might be just straight-up incentives. I can't recall what they all are. I know there's a touchdown one. I think there's like three touchdowns. Yeah, a lot of money, too. I probably should have mentioned that. But, you know, to, he's got he already had a lot of money. He doesn't have to play, though. He can yeah. have, I think it's $14 million that he gets without the incentives, if I'm not mistaken. So could, Imagine what his endorsement money is. He could live off of that alone. For sure. And 
for him to be playing through that and doing all of that, and it might be a little bit of lip service. Josie, he said to Josina Anderson after the Bengals game, he's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the most painful injury you can have. It's like, uh, all I right. I can think of some others that are maybe a little more painful. All right, all right. Deshaun Watson just like fractured his ball and socket joint in his arm. But uh, nonetheless, I'm sure he's in pain. I'm sure it's, uh, it's tough and he's gritting through it. But I just thought that was funny. And cool to see him do all of those things. But just hopefully you hope that he can – this is the time. It's December. You got to over – you basically have a long week and then a two-week period off. Like we said, one game in 20-something days. So – gotta be able to stay healthy gotta be a little still be smart down the stretch still the ravens are in the playoffs ravens are in the playoffs you made the dance you're in the dance it's not official they have to win one more game or something. whatever they're in it's fine they're good to go they've head-to-head wins against the texans and some of these other teams here uh, that are that are in that spot and their point differential is good and whatever but just get healthy stay healthy odell um in that side of the football. I mean, that's just really what stands out. And it's just, they kind of remind me of the bills from a couple years ago. I think they're better in terms of playoff build and all that stuff. And, you know, we talk about how the single elimination tournament's stupid, but it's like the offensive line doesn't really necessarily have star power. They can run the ball way better than the bills could for sure. The pass game is not what the bills was a couple years ago. Um, I think they're just going to be a really tough out offensively and it feels competent enough to be different than the Greg Roman years and more complete, but still just not quite, not quite there. Just not quite there. The fluidity of it isn't there. Um, so I don't know. Those, that's kind of offensive side of the football thoughts all the way through. I think it, it looked like it was there and, you know, more than, more than one games, maybe more than two games this season. Just, and, and I'm going to keep harping on this and it's an easy thing to fall back on, but just give it, you know, get through this by, we'll see what happens against the Rams. If this stuff is still a problem during that game. And I know the Rams aren't the greatest measuring stick either, but it, you know, it just look a little better procedurally. Let's get this offensive line shit cleaned up and have a little bit more direction in the passing game. And I think I'll be a little more satisfied to your point. Uh, but my mega culpa, I guess would be, I was a little concerned about this defense, particularly on the edge and at the uh, cornerback position. And uh, I was, you know, thinking like, man, if Rocky Sin doesn't pan out, they're kind of boned. And Rocky Sin really hasn't really panned out in that way, but they weren't because Brandon. I really play. He really even play that much. Yeah, exactly. He's he made that one play on T Higgins, I think, and that was kind of it. And you know, it's Brandon Stevens stepping up in a big way. It's Arthur Mullet. It's Ronald Darby. Just guys that they're just signing off the street. That just you know, you would have thought their careers would be over too, but they're uh, or at least Darby's. And I don't know, man, they're just out there. They're making it happen. And, uh, you know, Darby's kind of got that junkyard dog thing going on. Mullet the same way uh, with the plays that he was making uh, last week. I know one of them was that the Hail Mary interception. But still, you get yourself a pick. That's a nice uh, nice little confidence booster. And then at the outside linebacker spot, that was the other one. And, I mean, this team leading the league in sacks. Like, imagine, like think back to all the hand-wringing about this team and their inability to get sacks even last year. Matt Abike stepping up in the way that he has, I think, is the uh, the, the key catalyst for that. But Clowney with his sack production, what is he at seven and a half? He's never had double digit sacks in his career, which is really funny to think about. Um, but yeah, maybe this will be the year. Van Noy making that play in coverage, making other plays in coverage. He's just, you know, jacked to the tits there on the other side. Um, very disruptive. So yeah, I mean, outside linebacker and corner, I was concerned. And uh, Eric Costa, you know, yeah, I think you've proved me wrong thus far. Certainly, and Adafi Owe, 
yep. injured at the beginning of the season. They don't have David Ajabo. So I don't think a lot of people would expect that Ajabo to go down. Tavius Robinson playing a lot of snaps, gets a sack in this one, getting a ton of praise from Anthony Weaver today. Wearing his wire shirt heading into the game too. That was big for me. That was. That certainly was. Uh, so a really nice rotation there. And then you talk about Pierce and Matabike who uh, can do so much damage. Patrick Queen, such a part of what they do in that sense as well. And uh, that that Madden glitch play of him executing his stunt, even though he didn't have to and could have just chased down Herbert. And It's a team uh, guy, man. We're all rowing in the same direction here. And it's that's what's funny about Patrick Queen because immediately after the game, like he still has that, that social media self-consciousness. Oh, yeah. Of I got to go. I missed that sack. He knew he knew people were going to be making fun of him. Like immediately, as soon as he checked his phone, he knew. Then he commented on it, and he's playing well enough where he's like he's putting the laughing emojis and stuff. And he he when he had a couple bad game stretch, this is a huge game for him. He was utterly dominant in this game from start to finish. Player of the uh, game, John Harbaugh. Game the player of the game, definitely made like four impact, true impact plays on defense, and still just has that little. He's still pretty young. He's still self-conscious. He still had to run to Twitter to be like. He reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. They have their their, their brain chemistry is somewhat similar. Yeah. In, in, in the social category, it feels like. I think he's a little cooler than Kevin Durant. Like, at least when Kevin Durant went to, to the Warriors, that was a really bad version of Kevin Durant. But he I at least, like, shaves and stuff and, like, ta- like has his hair done well and things like that. Cares, cares more about what he actually looks like than seven-foot Kevin Durant, who's taking porn stars to uh, to dinner with girls in, in case the date doesn't go well. I mean, listen, you got to have a backup plan. You do. That's that's what you always say. But, I, uh, yeah, the, those guys, that unit and, and the ability to create for each other, and they are getting pressure quick. They are able to chase guys down and make plays. And that's what you feel good about against a Bills or, I guess, a Chiefs. Trying to think of the other top teams. Tua's not very mobile necessarily. Jags. The deceptive the Jags, definitely another one. Uh, Tua, I would say there's so many, so oftentimes we say quarterbacks are deceptively fast. He is the polar opposite. He looks like he should be able to run like Russell Wilson. Deceptively slow. And that's what you're deceptively saying. Deceptively slow. He is deceptively very slow. Um whew gross to watch in that Dolphins game a couple times he took off. Somebody messaged me before and was like, Should I take Tua over three and a half rushing yards? I was like, that's They're one that I wouldn't touch. I, I'm I'm hitting on all of those, and I, I'm staying away from that. I I was like, they might kneel the ball a few times because I think they're going to win by a lot, and I think they did end up doing that. And he, he takes just, one sack, that's over. Like it, you know, it's just not sacks. Sacks aren't sacks aren't rushing yards. That's college. I thought they were. Nope. Sacks don't sacks don't give you a negative passing or rushing yards in the NFL. Oh, they they didn't Madden. I think Madden. They, they did. They did used to in Madden, but they do not count against your rushing yards. Hmm, okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to keep that in mind then. Yeah. I'm going to place more of those bets. I think I was avoiding it because of that. Some of them. At no, least. Justin, Justin Fields has had games where he's ran for hundred yards and got sacked seven times. Well, yeah. I mean, that goes without saying, but yeah. I mean, he, he has to run so fucking much that it might as well have been, you know, even if it were the other way, he might as well have been running that much. Certainly. But, uh, so my point there is that if you just feel a little better than maybe the last couple of years about Clowney and Van Noy and OA and, Roquan and Queen running those guys down in space. And Josh Allen did run all over the Eagles. And that was a big bet that I had this weekend. Cause it, I thought silent count, whatever. I don't have to get into that, but you feel a little better than you have in years past. But now that I'm talking through it, 
Deshaun Watson ran kind of all over them and bought time. So that maybe, maybe I end up dying on the wrong end of that sword, but I uh, feel good about that unit. They're really to run guys down. And then finally, you know, I mean, Kyle Hamilton, when, when you're speaking to those things, we'll, we'll get to smooth AF and Johnny crab cake and that stuff, but man, just even better on tape there. There was an instance of a screen to Josh Kelly where I think Jamari Salier, the guard got out in space on him. And he just like he was playing basketball, just side like as if he was guarding the blocker, just sidestepped him, shot, and then wrapped up. And it was as clean of a rep in space from a DB against a lineman. The lineman saw him first too. Just what can't that kid do, man? I mean, what can he do? The the man coverage aspect, and maybe to mega culpa on a player. My take was kind of the Ravens aren't going to ask him to play man coverage against receivers that often. And they are, and he's good at it. He, there's nothing you can't do. There's literally nothing. He can rush the passer. He can fit the run. His PFF run defense grades are really bad. It's like almost funny. I don't, I don't know. Nothing has really stood out that he, he'll like, he'll get a little over aggressive at times or something like leave a gap or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Plays the ball well, rushes the passer, screens. One of the best screen defending players I can remember ever. Like, really, especially from a DB. Marlon Humphrey was that way uh, early on. He used to really gobble up screens. If you try to run Hamilton, as if he overpursues a little bit, his arms are so fucking long that he can, like, overcorrect and just kind of reach up. Margin for error is a lot bigger. Just shoestring a guy. Yeah. Like, he did that last week. He also picked up Gerald Everett. I think it might have been on that huge gain where Geno Stone blew a coverage on the Chargers opening drive on third down. He suplexed Gerald Everett, and Gerald Everett is at least 235, 240. He's a little slimmer for a tight end. Still very heavy guy. Hamilton just lifted him up off the ground. I was like, yeah, then I think he made the play on Eckler, and he did the too small thing. Yeah, which is hysterical because Eckler's a teeny tiny bicicleta. It's like, yeah, you're you're not you're not saying a whole lot there, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's just mean. That one's just yeah, mean. Yeah, right. Like, I, I, you know. And he is a he is a jock. He Kyle Hamilton's the leader of uh, him and Roquan are the leader of the the jock clubhouse there that we've talked about a couple. They really times. are. It's like uh, you know Papa Jock and uh, Baby Jock. So I guess just on that side of the football, I mean, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. I think in the playoffs, you don't see the Ravens get dismantled on that side of the football. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Like the one team that gave them a little bit of their run for the money was the Browns, and against my point, I just made was Deshaun Watson kind of bucking them and Jerome Ford. But I think that was also in the thick of the Ravens being a little tired and Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen being a little tired. And that's why I was so encouraged by this Chargers game. They got a little bit of rest, a couple extra days, and then suddenly Queen and Roquan Smith are the fastest players in the field again. Yeah, well, they, they didn't get enough rest the other night. I mean, Zay Flowers, what was he thinking? Making them go out there for that extra drive. How dare he? How dare he get them... Uh, that right ahead of the bye week too would have been terrible would have been awful if somebody got hurt you're lucky that they didn't but they didn't so yeah it's fine let's just, let's just all go off on vacation what are, what are we doing here and i you know it, we don't have to get into that we don't so i guess we can uh defensively so i guess that to to put it all in perspective i guess i'm worried about the offensive line i'm worried about their ability to just I, it's not even ability or talent i just just have more effort just have more effort try harder Finish plays, finish through the whistle, go run, go run for Lamar. They just didn't have gas in the tank. And man, that's, that's, I'm pissed. If I'm Joe D in the film room, I'm pissed with the effort that was put on tape finishing wise. 
the Harbaugh loves to say, make us make a mistake, make it hard, make it fast. You know, all those, I'm not going to get myself into, uh, into freaking Chinese proverb, uh, tongue twisters again, but if you're going to fuck up, just run, just run and hit someone and make a play and defend your guys and all that stuff. They, it was really actually pissing me off during the game too. And, and it was on both sides of the ball, but Pick up your running back off the ground, you big boys. You're fucking 330. Pick the running back up. Pick Le- They'll do it for Lamar still, but not enough. Go pick guys up off the ground. You see the Bill Belichick clips of that. Everyone thinks he's like a tight ass and doesn't like celebrating. It's the opposite. After that comes out, he's like, if someone makes a play, where are the high fives? Where's the fist pumps? Where's the energy? We You, you practice and train so hard for this, and you're not going to – it's, one of my, it's literally one of my favorite clips of all time. I, I love when he said that. And that's that's very much how I feel in the football world. Is And I didn't see enough of it from the defense. Haven't seen enough of it over the last couple of weeks. Pre-snap communication, the thing with Roquan Smith and Ray Lewis, over-communicate, wasn't seeing that. I was screaming at my TV early in that game. Who's talking? Who's celebrating? Who's Who has energy? Who doesn't? Um, and the offensive line, none of them are getting Johnny Crab Cakes this week. I'll fucking tell you that because they don't deserve it. They do not deserve a, a Jimmy Seafood crab cake, a delicious one at all whatsoever. So I guess we can kind of segue into the segments and the, if there's anything else you want to touch on. But, man, freaking go attack. I don't know. They're just lazy. They're just being lazy. Lazy, lazy, lazy. Big time. All right, Big well, time. before we jump into segments, uh, be sure to check out our presenting sponsor, Black Eyed Susan Spices, you can find them at blackeyedspices.com. Promo code is exit52 for 10% off. Uh, get in there, check out what they got. They've uh, got a couple different new flavors running, like the Cannonball Crush. Uh, they are also now in Ace Hardware locations. Uh, I don't have my read in front of me, but they're uh, all throughout the DC suburbs for the most part. So look up your Ace Hardware, uh, and you can probably find their locations on the website as well. All throughout the DC suburbs, you got some within uh, Arlington, uh, some uh, Friendship area. Uh, things like that. They're also in Baltimore as well. Fed Hill, Canton, Ace Hardware locations, blackeyedspices.com. They are a local company. They make great stuff, uh, great hot sauce that you and I uh, enjoy very much. Hopefully get a new batch of that stuff very soon. Got to text our guy, uh, Sebastian, about that. But uh, promo code exit52 for 10% off blackeyedspices.com. Uh, Black Eyed Susan Spices. Great hot sauce. If you're a sicko, death by chocolate is very hot. And so good it is chocolate it's a chocolate habanero so it doesn't taste like chocolate necessarily they did put a little cocoa in it but very spicy very good if you're a sicko Mm. with that we can get into the smooth af smooth play of the week and you like to go with the stock ones i like to i like to leave those for you you explain them well you get juiced up into those um mine is going to be a little different I don't even know how to put it, but it's not even smooth. I'm just giving the wrong award, I guess. But Kyle Hamilton, again, we just touched on it, but the way that he's able to blow up screens in the screen game, the the one that he did on the little end around or whatever it was, the Guyton, maybe it was a jet sweep, to just spin through his blocker. And he's so violent, but so smoothly violent. And that's why those are the words I was looking for. He's able to be violent, I think in the words of uh, Chris Hewitt earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, that don't get thrown off by the baby face. He wants to rip your face off. He plays with such a violence, but getting to the ball carrier, he's he, it's so easy to see he was a high-level basketball player in high school, could have played 
uh, power five basketball so smoothly gets through blocks so smoothly just transitions and is still so violent about it. So I thought those were all so fun to watch um, just smoothly trail tech, just a smooth game from him overall. Maybe I should have given him a Johnny crab cake cause he was violent, but the, the trail tech rep we talked about against Guyton where he's yanking on his Jersey, make sure not to disturb the receiver or prevent him, be prohibitive of him doing anything. I thought it was mega smooth, mighty smooth of a game of a performance of a season so far. And Kyle Hamilton, with this stretch of games, Jaguars, 49ers, all these primetime games, he's at least going to get he'll, – he'll be top four safeties in, pro, in all pro votes, minimum. Uh, I think he is getting a lot of national praise over really anyone. Maybe Jesse Bates, who's been awesome for the Falcons. Um, I don't think Geno Stone's going to make it. He's He did get a bunch of picks. I, still a good player. I, I don't know. He hasn't uh, – I don't have to get into that part of it. But – Kyle Hamilton should be an all-pro. He's smooth. He's smoothly violent. It was fun to watch. He is my smooth AF, smooth player of the week, and my smooth play was him hunting down that jet sweep for a loss. Yep, he's my guy, and I love that. I'm going to go with uh, – I got to go with Zay Flowers. Uh, first, the end around, obviously, that was pretty smooth to break out of that. I mean, well, first of all, I got to preface it by saying we were um, – I mean, there's a certain Christopher Moltisanti uh, – uh, sort of analogy that I'm not going to use here uh, to say that we were close to something happening. We were very close to this being a smooth brain of the week. Uh, and there were a couple different smooth brain moments that very much could have made the list. I'm thankful that we don't have to do this. It gives me no pleasure to have to do that segment. So this is the uh, smooth AF play of the week. And it is a flowers scoring on the end around there. Uh, almost, almost bubbles the exchange, but he pulled that sucker back in, breaks a tackle open field daylight in front of him, runs it down scores which you know i'm totally fine with the move i think it uh, was fine in that situation and then uh really what i want to focus on is the celebration there getting really clowned on for that first celebration with the bouquet you know lamar jackson certainly not a fan i thought that was fine but the second one with the penalty kick you, you know odell beckham the soccer guy coached him up on that one he you know he coached him up on how to do the cristiano ronaldo celebration uh jumping in the air whatever they call it the sue thing no, I, I just really enjoyed that celebration. It's fun to have a fun player like that. Uh, gotta go with, uh, gotta go with my guy Zay. Smooth Definitely guy. was smooth, smooth celebration after the bouquet, and smoothly hit the accelerator to go take off. So I love that one, and and he is smooth too. Uh, I'm curious on the next gen stats. I'm trying to look it up, but second time in two games we've seen him pull down on the R trigger, hit that sprint in Madden, and just take off. The Bengals game, he gets that one called back. That that counts in our hearts. That counts in our bodies. That counts in our spirits. Was able to go punch that one. Wow, he was not one of the top 20 fastest players of the week. In well, 20, yeah, wow, I'm shocked. Uh, then really, I don't know if he has real top speed. I don't know. I don't think he has 21 plus top speed in game. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe he can hit it at some point. Maybe next year he does. Something he works on, but... The the it's it's like Lamar. Him and Lamar are like he's literally just mini Lamar. They have that same thing where they can move differently. They can like get low and joystick themselves around, and they're kind of flexible and contort their bodies. And they're like first gear through third gear is faster than anyone else is. They can maintain speed. I think uh, Next Gen Stats did say he was running fifteen point seven miles per hour at the time of the handoff on that touchdown on the Ravens' final offensive play there. Uh, so. Maybe what was that the final? Um, whatever the, the touchdown play. So uh, definitely smooth, smoothly hits the accelerator there. 
and just excited to see what he can do in the second half of the season here. So those were our smooth AF smooth plays of the week presented by smooth as boop. You can go check out their products, smoothafproducts.com. Go check out their line of shaving, grooming, and cleansing products. If you're sick of his and hers, if you're sick of having blue and pink or gray and pink or gray and you know purple stuff for him and her, consolidate your bathroom space. All their products are natural. They use CBD. They use lavender. Look good. Feel good. Smoothafproducts.com. Great stocking stuffer gift. Great. If you know somebody that's got a monster beard, it will leave it feeling so good. When, when mine was pretty hefty last year, that stuff left it, took away the copper wire feeling that you get when your beard's a little longer and turned it into something nice and smooth. Uh, so go check them out again, smoothafproducts.com. Johnny Crab Cake. I'm going to go Johnny Crab Cake, kind of a play of the week. There's a couple of ways to go here. Um, and again, Kyle Hamilton probably should be the pick. But Travis Jones goes and gets a sack in this one. And he sunned sunned, I think it was Zion Johnson from Boston College, sunned him. And we've heard comments, gets goes and gets a sack. Him and Justin Matabike split it, but just grabbed him and threw him off of him. It's, it's not even like a pass rushing move. It's just, just disengaging, just grabbing the jersey, throwing him aside, just displacing the, the block and disengaging. We've heard a couple times, I think Calais Campbell said it last year, and I think we heard it from... I can't, one of the outs, maybe it was Adafi always said it this year. Maybe it was Clowney, one of those two, I think. I, I just, he possesses such brute strength that it feels like he doesn't try to use it. And like, it's good not to force it maybe and kind of play within your, your, under your, with your skis under you and balance and things like that. But holy shit, man, he can just toss people around when he wants to. And I'm looking for him to take that next step. We see Justin Matabike take that quote unquote next step this year along with a myriad of other Ravens defenders. And I just think if he just gets to that quicker, says, I'm stronger than you quicker, he could be otherworldly as well. You see the reps, and it's that's why it's so similar to Matabike. It's like, it's not games that he's stringing together. It's not weeks that he's stringing together. But you just, every game, see like two, three plays that shock you. And you're like, wow, those are truly wow plays. So that sack to me was awesome. I think his first of the year. And was a really fun rep to watch. So my Johnny Crab Cake of the week is Mr. Travis Jones, the UConn man himself. Very nice. I love the uh, Travis Jones breakout. It's very nice to uh, see a player like that rounding in form. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, all the guys up front on that fourth down play at the end of the game. Uh, Arthur Mullet, one of the better corner blitzes in a clutch situation I've ever seen. Not only does he like make himself big in the middle of the uh, middle of the run there uh, in case Herbert was going to throw it, but he actually more or less finishes the sack, forces the intentional grounding. Uh, and kind of closes it out. But you also got to give credit to uh, our sicko king, Mike McDonald, dropping Michael Pierce. Uh, and it might have been Jones alongside him there. They, he dropped those two guys into coverage, which had, had confused the hell out of Herbert uh, not having that throwing lane there. It's a move that I actually do in Madden uh, is dropping the D tackle. The, the CPU just does not know how to handle that. So I got to go with uh, all those guys up front there who helped make that fourth down play happen because that was uh, that was the clincher. And uh, it, it capped off one of the best nights uh, we've seen this defense play not just this year, but in the last couple of years. It was. And for them to get off the field, I think the Chargers only crossed the 50 maybe three times in that game, three different possessions. First opening drive, they get pretty deep because of a Herbert scramble. I don't know if there was another time. Maybe there was, but really able to just keep getting the ball back, keep punching the ball out. Clowney, Roquan. It was just a whole team effort there on defense. And uh, Mike McDonald really stole the show. And I think that's a game where, 
And it's not that the Chargers are some offense that really, you know, scares you. The quarterback is really good, but they don't have much else. But just, man, at this point, it's Mike McDonald's season. This time last year, after the Ravens bye and down the stretch, when they needed to string together some defensive performances to help out Tyler Huntley, they did it. And for them to be getting to this point in the season and getting into their bag so deeply already, I can't wait to see what this man does and what this defense looks like against these really good opponents. I think uh, you, see, you see some younger quarterbacks on here too. Two is not some eight-year vet. Purdy's in his second year. Trevor Lawrence is still a younger quarterback. He got a lot of time at Clemson against some you know high-level high level college guys, but Clemson runs a little bit of a neutered scheme, uh, at least they used to. And man, I just, I'm excited to see what Mike McDonald can do to these young quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, he's put in a cage. Geno Smith, dead body. Jared Goff might be the biggest fraud in all of the quarterback conversations. Got him, tagged him pretty good. Herbert on that list now too. And it's it's that meme you see that people like to share of the Grim Reaper going door to door. And that's what it feels like for this Ravens defense that uh, I, th- I think has been lackluster still. Like yesterday was, a, or Sunday, whatever it was. Sunday was a great performance, but again, I just, the energy still wasn't even all the way there. Like that wasn't turned up to a hundred and they were still that good. I will say against a quote unquote inferior opponent because of the skill positions and stuff, but uh, man, and, and we'll get into another conversation, I guess, maybe next week or later, but we're going on an hour here. But Mike McDonald, I made the Rex Ryan comparison of Rex Ryan leaving uh, when when kind of the Ravens bring in Harbaugh. He's there for, what, a year, Jake, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, one year. One year. For everything that Rex Ryan was as a person, Mike McDonald is not. He is not flamboyantly loud. He is not overzealous. He is not crude. And I love that about Rex Ryan, not speaking ill of of sexy Rexy there, but Mike Mack is what the Ravens like in their organization, the way that he speaks, the way that he conducts himself. It appears the person that he is, the all-American, polite, cordial person that the Ravens seem to really want to push to the forefront of their franchise. And it was just a really tough watch with John Harbaugh, and we've had so many conversations about it in the last... 18 months or so John with the thousand yard stairs and the, the mouth hanging open and then the panic and then the fourth down shit. And then watching Mike McDonald, who, you know, is younger, you know, has some different connections. You know that he's at that cutting edge. He's probably of the exact same cloth. To be fair, he is grown in the, in the Harbaugh family lab. Like, I think he coached it. against him. I think that works for him. I mean, exactly, exactly. So, so I'm, I'm just giving Carball credit for you know raising the the coach up, uh, loaning him out to his brother. But uh, I, I don't know how you can let that guy go. And people say, oh, well, Marvin Lewis left. Oh, Rex Ryan. Left. And this is what we talked about offline. It's been a while. Who was the last guy to leave and take a head coaching job in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, Billick had just won a Super Bowl when Marvin left, and you know. Rex, I mean, they they go, what do they go, you know, 12 and four that year, Flacco's rookie year, Rex leaves right there. I mean, like, there wasn't really, like, John was just getting a start then, too. Like, there, there just wasn't really, like, an opportunity for them to stick around and be the guy. Not that I think Bashadi necessarily would have wanted Rex to be the guy. I could have maybe seen Marvin at one point, but I don't know. This just kind of feels like the transition point, doesn't it? We're coming up on, we're, we're in year 15 with John right now. I mean, what do you want to go, 20 maybe? Like, that's totally fine. Like, uh, that's fine. But, like, at a certain point, like, the guy's 61 years old. 
Like, how much more do you that's want? To the, that's the thing, though. That's not. You look at Pete Carroll, but John isn't Pete Carroll. You can just yeah, see this. Pete Carroll's a fucking lunatic, and I love. You Pete can Carroll. see the stress on John. You can see the the wrinkles coming in. You can see the hair graying. You can see the the joy during the game, especially maybe not even the joy. Who's going to coach until they're eighty? Jim Harbaugh. Like uh, Jim Harbaugh is like that kind of dude. John is a little more well adjusted, I think. Maybe, man. I, I just feel like it's getting to Grandpa John a little bit. I don't think we're seeing that same fire uh, that we did, and and maybe internally it, behind closed doors it is, and maybe that's a result of getting older and literally wanting your blood pressure to stay low. Like as an older man, can certainly be an issue. Uh, but I, it's going to come down to this. How many job openings are there? Currently, we have Carolina. I would imagine that we see um, Washington. Yeah. And and maybe the enemy's the guy there. Maybe not. We're probably going to see who else? Uh, the Saints could be one. The Falcons mm-hmm. could be well, one. New England. I was going to say, we'll see what happens with New England. I mean, that that looks like it could very much come up open. The Bucks could be one. That's six. The Raiders, that's seven. I mean, the Raiders do have an open position, and maybe I, I, they might go with Pierce. Maybe I would, you know, but between Bienemy and Pierce in their respective positions, I would get, I would go even money that one of them stays, that one of them is retained. I would say it's a fifty percent chance one of those guys stays where they are and gets that job. Um, so that's probably five jobs at least. So that's not a ton. If it's seven, that's a lot. If it's five, that's not a ton. And I would think the guys that get looks, Ben Johnson is going to get a head coaching job next year. Press Taylor in Jacksonville is a popular name. Elijah Averro is someone that's been talked about a lot, who's doing great things with the Broncos defense after a tough start. Uh, they've responded very well from the Tutu just brought trash out of the trash can. We're in, we're in shambles right now. He's being nice. a bad boy. Uh, there's, there's Press Taylor. There's a couple other guys. There's, and McDonald isn't an offensive guy. So how many of those guys are going to be defensive coaches after you look at an Eberflus and Carolina? I don't know if we mentioned that. I might have said Carolina. But, yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, how many of those guys are going to be defensive? Two? Maybe three? So that might play into the Ravens' favor. But, you know, I tweeted about this. It got a ton of traffic. I'm sure if you listened to this, you saw it. But this just feels like the one. Like it feels like you see the girl – walk into the room and you're like, that's the one. It feels like Mike McDonald's the one. And he feels very similar to Harbaugh in many ways when Harbaugh was about his age and the way that he looked and talked and felt and uh, presented himself and all of those things. So you know that Bashadi likes that. So it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think like at the very least, I think conversations have maybe already been had or are going to be had uh regarding a succession plan and it's already it works in their favor that this has already been done eric costa was offered to interview with the green bay packers which is like you know <laughs> talk about blue blood organizations that is like probably you know the number one as far as uh, history goes with the league he turned him down and uh you know it wasn't clear at the time why he did that i mean i think it, it could have been surmised that there would be a succession plan in place but that gets confirmed it gets carried out it's gone well for him thus far i think they need a, a full court press with DaCosta with Bashadi, and if they can get Harbaugh on board with saying like, "Hey, here we're putting a time limit on this thing," which who knows with John, you know, one day he's up, the next day he's down. Um, riding high in April, shot down in May with Harbaugh sometimes, but I don't know, man. I hope that at the very least that's the case. And if John is going to go down guns blazing, then I don't know, man. As much as I fucking love the guy, like 
get into a gunfight because like you know i'd rather miss out on you know having him for another couple of years and have him leave too early than miss out on the literal perfect succession plan mike mcdonald is 36 years old he's wise beyond his years he's got his p's and q's defensively he's got his connections to your point it's just the perfect uh the perfect guy and maybe this isn't the exact perfect time but you'd rather have the the right guy for the next 20 years than have the timing be a little bit off and then you know John maybe starts to lose his marbles over the next decade. I mean, some people I'm sure would argue that he already is losing them. And then uh, you're, you know, he goes to some other franchise and he's there for 20 or 30 years, which probably won't happen the way that NFL timelines work out, but who knows? And I'm rambling, but it just, yeah, it, it feels like, uh feels like that, that, that critical, uh, critical juncture we're reaching uh, quicker than maybe we would have even thought here. And we heard through the grapevine that maybe they're, Last time there was, you know, some hashtag sources that there wasn't maybe a ton of interest necessarily in McDonald. And uh, maybe we're a little surprised and he gets like one or two interviews or something. Who knows if he's ready? Who knows if he feels ready to leave, go somewhere else, to be a head coach, hasn't been a head coach. He's only been a play caller three years, still is very young, uh, watching a Staley. And, and that's the other, well, I guess, hey, the Chargers are probably another one. So that's maybe eight teams that I would assume. Yeah, maybe. they're not going to, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're not going to do that. I I don't think. I, I, I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he's going to go there. But maybe yeah, I, you just talk about similar similar resumes, similar profiles. It, it just that doesn't doesn't seem like a fit. No, no, no. Um, so with that, I don't know. Does is he ready for that? Does he want to do that? He's, this he's year? also what, what what job would he want to take? What of those? What job speaks to you the most? That's what I'm saying. He's a smart guy. He's England. He's from Massachusetts. Yeah, maybe new. I, I could definitely see New England if that were to come open, and they're probably going to have a good draft pick, so he can say, "Hey, I'm just starting from day one here." But you're also replacing Bill Belichick, and that is a lot of pressure. Do you want to go work for David Tepper? Me thinks not, and I also think they're going to want to hire an offensive guy. So that's one that I would probably think is off the board. Washington. I mean, they got the new owner in there. I guess maybe like he would probably he maybe want to build his own staff. But I mean, can you keep the enemy in house? Who knows what happens there? They're, they're I just, don't know. And, and that's the other question with them. Like how much is B enemy truly prioritized? They're doing a horrible. He's doing a horrible job with Sam Howell. In my opinion, they run no play action. They run no quick game. They don't run the ball. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I, I think, I think the B enemy has done a horrible job this year. Okay. Well, I think Howell looks good. I think the players look good. They don't run play. Sam Howell is kind of like fields. He holds the ball. He likes to push the ball. He's he's not quite as you know fast and stuff, but he's an athletic guy. They they don't run RPOs that often at all. They don't run the ball. They don't throw screens often. They don't run play action. What are you doing? He's going to set the record for dropbacks in his first year with a shitty offensive line. What are you doing down there? That's okay, my rant that, on Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, that, that was that was talking that was talking Bieniemy and Sam Howell. But to the overall point, I could see Washington making a strong push to hire him, especially with the ties in the area. I think they would like taking a Ravens guy and trying to emulate what the Ravens have done. So Washington would be a strong contender to me. The Bears, I don't think so. I think they're going all in on an offensive guy, get Ebru Flus out of there, and uh, maybe try to get some football out of fields, or who knows what's going to happen with the draft. But uh, I think that's their that's their direction. Um, who else did we say? Charge it, yeah, Chargers. Raiders, the Bucks, the Saints, the Falcons, basically the whole NFC South. Raiders maybe, but I feel like they're good. They're also going to want to go offensive guy too, just because that's the the Davis gene. Like it, he's not going to hire some you know nice, <laughs> some nice dude like uh, like McDonald who's going to come in and be totally inoffensive and you know <laughs> get the defense going. I think I think uh, you know Mark Davis is trying to be flashy out there on the strip. You know, 
just like the Irsay family, the parallels there, they go from Reich to Steichen. They're yeah. they're they're too rock and roll, they're too Van Halen to uh bring in a defensive guy. Yeah, they they didn't like this because they're in Van Halen. They're they're in Van Halen because they're like this. But yeah, I mean that's two openings right there, and then maybe there'll be some other mystery ones we don't know about. Um, but yeah, man, like it wouldn't shock me if he's interviewing at the very least. So I think he'll get I think he'll get at least two interviews. And maybe, maybe he is the kind of guy that does value being here. I believe his wife is from the area, if I'm not mistaken. He's from New England, so maybe that is appealing. But I think that if there is that conversation and John is a willing participant in any capacity of a succession plan, in any capacity, I think you can get McDonald to stay. Yeah. It's a think his situation in Baltimore, he has Roquan Smith locked up long-term. He's got Marlon Humphrey. He's got Kyle Hamilton. He's been successful. He clearly has autonomy on that side of the ball in a ton of ways. So uh, he can continue to pick his spots much like DaCosta who felt supported, could have, could have bailed and left and got out of it. And I think that the continuity of that as a football coach, being able to be in the same place and the idea of being somewhere at least this would be, let's say it's a three-year succession plan. That would make you assume at minimum you're in one place for seven years as you're a younger guy who was recently married, trying to start a family. All that's personal stuff. We don't know him, so you know whatever. We can only speculate there. But man, don't let that guy go willingly. Do everything you can. And as, as a John Harbaugh lover and defender for so many years, I think I, as of today, and I don't see it getting any better in John's case, I love John in many ways, but I think I choose Mike McDonald over John. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much there with you, and uh, yeah, it does hurt me to say, but it's also like how many how many NFL coaches last 15 seasons? Like that's like it's like literally multiple generations of like the way the NFL has looked. Like more than more than two, probably probably you know three. Like with the the year from the, the Ray Lewis era through the second Tom Brady post spread like spread. Our year of the quarterback 2011 yeah like like that was different now it's looking completely different it's just like the game has changed a ton he's changed a ton the franchise has changed a ton around him a lot of shit has happened not just with this franchise joe, i mean joe flacco's rookie year and joe flacco's like 38 years old yeah it's, it's crazy man like i was i was 13 when he got here I'm i just don't think he'll quit because you, there is andy reed there is mike tomlin there is bill belichick there is jack and jim harbaugh and I just don't think that guy can can get out of it. I just don't think it's in his constitution to retire. I well, just, well he, should, he should do the Urban Meyer. Just, you know, retire at, you know, 64 years old or whatever. Go work for NBC for a year and then get back into the mix. Do you know how much he probably hates Urban Meyer? I, yeah, and that's why I fucking love him. I fucking hate Urban Meyer, too. Exactly. And, John, we mean no disrespect, John. We love you, John. I love that man as a football coach in so many ways. But I, I think I just love Mike McDonald too much to let to see him go. So going to be interesting. The Ravens also have a ton of free agents. We're going to try and have Brad Spielberger come on maybe later this week or next week uh, throughout this buy to talk about those free agents. We talked about that. Brad is my favorite contract free agency NFL money person that exists that I've seen on the Twitter sphere or anywhere else. So have Brad on. We had him on probably two, three years ago, and, and the Ravens have a ton of fun conversations to have. So great time to think about that, take a little preview to the future, maybe get his input on how he feels about Harbaugh, McDonald, things of that nature. Uh, big Bears fan. Maybe he wants Mike McDonald to uh, to come, but I guess they want an offensive guy, like you said. So 
A lot of fun stuff. Today was a little bit of a hodgepodge thing. A lot to get off our chest. It was a fun one. We're trying to get back into our normalcy. So we're going to get reset here. Jumbo set Thursday previews and Friday morning and instant analysis. Coming back to you guys as we look to finish the season strong. And hopefully the Ravens can do the same. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can find us on social media at exit 52 podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at jumbo set podcast on Twitter. I am at Jake Luke. That is L O U Q U E Spencer's at Ravens for dummies. That is the number four. Ryan at Barstool Banks, Eric at E D I T T I 22 Taylor at Taylor Smith 10. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys in a couple days. See you. Arrivederci. Really, really hard, and they execute the system, and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. Big, big, big trust. Big, big trust. trust hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me.